Hey everyone, it is Sean and Dave from the Saturday Morning Cartoons podcast. First and foremost, we want to start out this show by thanking our patrons of the show. Uh, these people have gone to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, remember that's morning with a U, and have pledged to help make this show continually successful. So thank you, Derek Haynes, Dr. Jason Woods, Jamal Newman, Melanie Harker, Allison Keen, the one and only Sean Paul Ellis, and David Trumbor. Now, it does sound kind of funny that we're thanking ourselves and some people's names who are very familiar to the show, but we want to let you guys know out there that we're not just asking for you to make contributions to the site. We are putting our own money in as well, because we want to make this show as highly produced, as entertaining for everyone, and as far-reaching as possible. So we are definitely throwing our own green in, and we appreciate anyone else who does the same. So thank you to these people for donating on our patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons account. Thank you guys so much for your continued help on this. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Jiha Village, I'll be your drill instructor, Dave Trumbor. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Joining me from the Martian mining colony, our very own ninja in training, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? What did you, what you grown for? Was that like a, like a pun, maybe? Just, uh, it was definitely a pun. You definitely a drill, a drill pun. I feel you like... love drill puns. This show is going to be full of drill puns. Oh, I really boy. can't think of any more than that one, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really think it's just like drill it into your skull and drill sergeant are maybe the only two that come to mind. Yeah, that's really it. That's yeah, we knocked them out of the park. Yeah, good job. We nailed it. And we saved you guys uh, hearing the rest of these drill puns for the next hour or so. (laughs) Uh, We're super excited here tonight. We just wrapped up February's Listener Appreciation Month. We are moving into the most famous of all tournament months, March. I don't know why March just happened to be tournament month, but here it is. Is it just the like alliterative March Madness? I guess sort March of Madness, but there's like yeah, because there's no like no 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 else. month begins with a T, so it could be like that month tournament. Yeah, or an I for like insanity, anything like that, or or a, or a B for a bracket. A B for bracket basketball yeah. bracket February February February. Guys, welcome to Brarch. Brarch. Brarch brackets. Lousy smarch. No, we're super <laughs> excited about March Madness, not the basketball version, because no one cares about that who listens to this show. But we are, if you, if you guys listened last year, we did another March Madness uh, for Pocket Monsters. And obviously, you know, Pokemon Reign Supreme, fantastic, still going strong. Get your, go play Pokemon Go. But for this year, we're doing something that's near and dear to my heart. I hope Sean also enjoys it because I kind of forced it upon him. So we're going to find out. But this is. Mecha March Madness. So we are going to be talking Mecha anime all month long. We've got eight different anime lined up. Now, we may not hit your favorites, but I know that we're going to hit some that you guys are definitely familiar with because we essentially picked like the top eight ranked Mecha series on IMDb. So, you know, voted and and rated by listeners and and viewers out there. So unfortunately, that means things that like The Big O, Raz Iphon, Escaflone, personal favorites of mine, which a lot of people out there are probably going, what are those words? Uh, they're not going to be here, but we do hit quite a lot of franchises, and tonight we have some interesting ones. But before we get into that, Sean, first, what's your opinion on mecha anime, and then were you familiar with either of these shows tonight? Uh, I am a huge fan of nice. mecha anime. I watched, I watched a lot of mecha anime 
uh, a lot of uh, Big O, a lot of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, in college. And so I was, I was huge, enormous fans of, of them, and it sort of just rolled into that entire genre. So this is not torture for me. I like that you had set this up with like, maybe Sean doesn't like this, and maybe I'm subjecting him to something that's going to be awful. But no, like you said it, and there was no dispute for me. I was like, yeah, I'm 100% on board with that. Nice. Yeah, I'm cool. That works. That works. Next year, I'm just gonna do, we're just going to do brony madness. It's just going to nope. be... We're not doing that. It's just going to be bronies not, in My Little Pony all month. We are 100% you, not doing that. I mean, but you said offline that you were totally cool. I don't know why this is an issue I, now. This is... <laughs> why, it's, oh. why, why when we're live, now it's an issue. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, it's just an issue because I feel like there's not enough My Little Pony shows to do it justice Ooh. to be able to put into a bracket. You know? I, I mean, I... Look, I'm actually... I'm 100% like... I can't remember. They were toys in the 80s when we were growing up, but yep. was it an actual cartoon as well? I honestly can't remember. I'm just I like, don't remember either. But I mean, I know that there's the My Little Ponies. It's like Friendship is Magic show that uh, has there was spawned. A, there was a My Little Pony Adventures. I think that might have been an 80s one. Okay. Originally. I feel like that is what spawned the modern day brony phase. 100%. I have, I have never really watched. I, oddly enough, I think I owned one or two My Little Ponies when I was a kid growing up, but I don't believe I had ever watched the show. I feel like for me, it's the opposite. I may have seen it once and just been like, I don't know what this thing is. And then I don't think I had any of the toys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, yeah, 2018 Brony March Madness oh, is going to be great. Oh, damn it, Dave. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Uh, but as far as these shows we're starting with tonight, now last year, I kind of I goofed. I started with the best, so the first seeded. And the last, the, the worst seated, which is still great when you're talking, you know, pocket monster shows or tonight mecha anime. But pitting the first against the worst in the first episode was not great because then we just marched on towards mediocrity <laughs> as, we, as we reached the end of the month. So this month, we're going to start with mediocrity and start in the middle of the pack. But were you familiar with either of these series tonight? I'd actually, I'd never heard of or watched either of these shows. So these were both completely new to me tonight. Yeah, pretty much for me, too. I'd heard of the first one because it has a very odd name, but I had no clue what either of these were about. And weirdly, this was not planned. They have somewhat similar plots. A little bit. Which is very strange. Like, some specific I, things are just, like, weird that these just happen to be lumped together. I feel like a lot of them are going to have very eerily similar plots, that there are going to be a lot of points that were just, like, tropes that we're going to see sort of in the whole mecha world. They're yeah. going to hit us over and over and over again. Because if you're showing up into a mecha cartoon and you're just like, oh, I got this pretty sweet mecha already and I'm doing stuff, like, that's Zoids. You're just jumping into Zoids. Like, not, not new, or what was it? Genesis new Century. Or, yeah, New Century. Or, yeah, like, it's, it's like the, the <clears throat> third or, like, the fourth iteration of it where it's just like, hey, guys, we're just fighting, we're just fighting ligers here. And you're like, all right, I get it. Like, you guys are all cool. You have sweet robots. But for the most part, I feel like you have to, you have to discover or right. earn those robots in some certain way or stumble across it, you know, which has been sort of a, a common thing that I think that we're going to get into tonight. Yeah, I think we're going to see that at least eight separate times. Uh, <laughs> that's damn. just my guess throughout <laughs> the week. We're going to see at least, and multiple characters can find multiple mechs. That's something that does happen in these series, perhaps not in the first episodes, which is an important point because that is what we're watching for each of these series. In order to kind of make it fair to each of these series, we're not watching the finale. Uh, we are watching the first episode. So we're looking for them to. Uh, we're looking at a theme song. We're looking at the plot of the first episode. We're looking at the characters they introduce, and specifically like the human characters or the non-mech characters. And we're going to be ranking them on you know personalities, how much we like them, their character design, things like that. We're specifically looking at the mech design as well, and we're going to rank it 
uh, on that. And then we're looking at the battles. We want to see how the action plays out, whether there's just mech battles, whether they live up to expectations, whether there's other action stuff that goes on. So we're scoring each of these out of five, and then we're going to tally them up. And uh, at the end of the month, we're going to see who wins. But each week, two mech series will enter, and only one will emerge victorious Ooh. based on Sean's scores, my scores, and a, a special guest we happen to have in the upcoming weeks. So that's pretty much it. The only other stipulations, like I said, first episode, uh, nothing like Transformers, right? So that's not mech. Those are like sentient robots. Those don't count. Um, also nothing like, we didn't do any combiner stuff. So no Voltron, uh, Power Rangers wouldn't really count because it's not a cartoon, but that you get the idea. So we stuck with traditionally mech series. And if you want to argue any of those points, feel free to let us know on Facebook or an email or anything. And we'll uh, maybe tweak it for a future rundown. But tonight, we're going to start in the middle of the pack with two mech anime that are real weird. The first one is Gurren Lagann. And for a little <laughs> bit of history on Gurren Lagann, uh, Sean's going to attempt to get through all the notes I gave him. <laughs> Gurren Lagann, known in Japan as Tenjin Topa Gurren Lagann, literally, Pierce the Heavens <laughs> Gurren Lagann, is a Japanese mecha animated television series animated by Gainax and co-produced by Aniplex and Konami that ran for 27 episodes in 2007. Yeah, so one of the interesting things, this is a fairly recent anime. Uh, the one we're talking about next, which has more difficult words to say, is Ninja Robots. Uh, also known Ninja Senshi Tobikagi, also known as Ninja Robot Tobikagi and Ninja Robots, a Japanese anime television series produced by Studio Pierrot, which aired 43 episodes from 1985 to 1986 on the Nippon Television Network. In 1995, it was broadcast under the title Ninja Robots in the United States on Cartoon Network. If you don't know the name of the series, again, it's Gurren Lagann and Ninja Robots. <laughs> uh, what are these things actually about, though? So what's, what's up with Gurren Lagann? So Gurren Lagann takes place in a fictional future where the Earth is ruled by the Spiral King, Lord Genome, who forces mankind to live in isolated subterranean villages. The plot focuses on two teenagers living in a subterranean village, Simon and Kamina, who wish to go to the surface. Using a mech known as Lagan, Simon and Kamina reach the surface and start fighting alongside other human Lord Genome forces. Yeah, so that'll make a little bit more sense once we get into the plot tonight. Uh, as far as ninja robots, here are What's some... What's that about? What's that some... about? It's... Tell, me, tell me it's about ninjas and robots. If it is ninjas, mm -hmm. if it is... Like Ninjas? snake eye, if, like it's, from if it's snake eyes, yeah, exactly. If it is snake eyes and he is fighting transformers, what's this about, Dave? Unfortunately, it's not ninjas and robots. It is so. ninja robots. Put them together because it's the 23rd century and earthlings have <laughs> colonized Mars and the moon. Joe Maya is a 16 year old who lives on Mars and dreams of returning to Earth. When escaping from the Martian military police, Joe stumbles upon a crashed spaceship, the Xenos 5, and the ninja robot named. Black Lion. I've got a lot of problems with this description already, <laughs> which will become apparent when we talk about the show. So many things are going on right it's, now. It's crazy, though, how similar they are already. Like, Gurren Logan, fictional future, Ninja Robots, 23rd century. Uh, Earth is ruled by blah, blah, blah. On Ninja Robots, we have people wanting to return to Earth. So there, there are some more similarities, which we'll get into. But before we get into any of that, we're going to start with a theme song. Now, here's going to be sort of the outline for the show tonight. We're going to take five minutes for each category uh, for each show. So for five minutes, Sean and I are going to talk about the theme song for Gurren Lagann. Then we're going to switch gears and go over to Ninja Robots for another five minutes, and then we'll continue in that fashion. So we'll kind of hop back and forth. So, all right, buddy, first impressions, Gurren Lagann theme song. 
Uh, I thought it was kind of a, a pretty traditional anime theme song. I didn't feel that there was anything that really kind of stood out. It is a, it is sort of a clips uh, introduction, uh, as well as also some like very kind of like stylized silhouette pictures. But a lot of this is really to show off the one female character and sort of continually play fan service to her that uh, there is a female lead character that's in this. And guess what, guys? She's got boobs. How about what? that? Yeah. Girls with boobs so, in an anime? That's weird. I know. I feel like there were a lot of really uh, very bizarre phrases that kind of were indicative of classic anime. Sort of, we, we watch this because it's available on Hulu. Yeah. We're watching this, and the, the dub underneath it has such key gems like, uh, the person that I am today will build my own tomorrow. And I'm just like, okay, settle, settle down. And it's like, it's like random things. Like, it's exactly that. It's, it, thank you. It's yeah. like posters and slogans of like a cat on the line. And it's just, and, and instead of like hang in there, it's like the answer is always there. And you're just like, oh my God. You may, have well has ju- you may as well have just written something like, hey, the thing you're looking for is always in the last place you look. Yeah, no fucking shit. Like they were just dumb idioms sung over a pretty standard anime song that served as the purpose to just show you the fact that a female character has boobs. Yeah, and, I mean, pretty fair. And that a lot of this anime, for some reason, is in like certain characters are in like very kind of like overshadowed kind of dark tones. Yeah. And they just, and every single possible piece of them is accentuated by flashing light and what seems like unnecessary glitter. I don't know if I'd ever call this amount of glitter unnecessary uh in an anime you're not gonna get that out of your clothes david look i'm just looking ahead to 2018 brony march madness and (laughs) there's never too much glitter i imagine there's a lot of glitter anyway sidetrack so i agree with you a hundred percent so this is exactly what you expect from like an action anime series theme song it's the it's energetic music you've got some action-packed visuals even if you don't know quite what's going on there's enough of a tease not only of like surprise girls with under boobs um, but also of, of some of the mechs as well. This is your first introduction to the mechs and the designs of the characters and kind of the color palette of this world is a very vi- uh, vivid and bright color palette. It's also got some weird designs, which we'll talk about in a little bit once we get to the mech design things. Uh, they definitely jump out at you and you can recognize these characters, especially when one's essentially running around in a bikini with a giant sniper rifle. Uh, <laughs> you can't really miss that. <laughs> So it does grab your attention. I, the, the song was fine. I can't really remember it now, but at the time, you know, it was fun. It was 100% what I expect from this. So pretty standard average. Uh, anything else from the theme song for Gurren Logan? Nah. So what was your score? Uh, I scored this uh, as a three. Okay, I gave it a three as well. So we're both on the same Very middle right of the road. Very yeah. middle of the road. It's very average. Not good, not great. Um, and it's what you expect. Right. So it's pretty good. Look at this. You were so concerned that we were going to have weird, varying scores on all of this. Like, I was going to said five, and you would have said one. We are on the same page right now, Dave. Well, let's get to the next one, because I didn't even have the same score for both versions <laughs> of this next theme song. Because one is god-awful. It should not even exist. And the other one's okay. All right, so let's jump get, over to... You're about to get frustrated with me. <laughs> I'm about to get frustrated. Let's, uh, let's jump over to Ninja Robots. Sure. Uh, so there were two versions of this because obviously anime Japanese, we had one that's an English dub with the same kind of intro visuals. And then we have uh, the original Japanese. So let's start with the English version. Your thoughts. I thought that the English version was oddly like very operatic and very just like there was 
so in some cases, and I, I, I know you're smiling and you're giggling about this, but you know what? We've criticized theme songs for less. This American version of the theme song had so much, ex- had so much exposition in it, and, and, but at the same time had really fun visuals and a bunch of things that were there. It had reoccurring characters to kind of allow that repetition to set in with me. And come on, Dave, you have key things like only the Earth teenage warriors can unleash the great ninja power. How can you not? Would, this theme song starts in a way that you're just like, this is very unassuming. Okay, great. It's kind of sweeping. I'm, I'm digging it so far, but it's like it, it pretty quickly devolves into uh, stuff like uh, he came from space to save the race of another galaxy. Um, and, and he does it and it's <laughs> he says he's fighting for the right in the universe and for Romana, the alien princess. And they show her like with a split screen of another alien female over and over again in this theme song. I'm just like, yo, I could relate to that. Look, this guy is fighting for a date. It is hard out there, guys. All right. Especially when you got a lot on your plate and, you know, you don't have the time to maybe date, you know, or, or kind of keep up with her text messages because, you know, you're fighting to save her entire planet. Like, good on you. Um, I, I, I kind of enjoyed this. Like the lyrics were so insane over the top in the American version that I was, I was laughing. Like I can't say that it was my favorite theme song, but just in terms of the content that was there, I was laughing my ass off the entire time it was playing. I will say this. I remember this one more because I just say ninja robots, ninja <laughs> robots about 50 times. Uh, the yep. alien princess line cracked me up. <clears throat> oh, I was my- dying. God, just like the even the audio quality. Now, we didn't have the greatest, you know, YouTube copy of this, but the, just the audio quality itself, it sounded like they were in just like a phone booth and just reading like a roughly translated student, you know, student translated synopsis of what the show is supposed to be about. And just like we're reading verbatim down a paragraph like shit didn't rhyme. Shit didn't like make no. sense next to each other. They were just like, there's a guy from Earth and he's saving a princess. She's an uh, alien princess, ninja robot. It's like, uh, okay. And, and, it, and, and this is almost, it's like, uh, the guy, he's a star warrior. His name's a mystery, our hero Joe. And I was like, wait, I thought his well, name was a fucking mystery. It was a mystery. <laughs> he I it was a mystery. God, there are so many things in this that's like. Fighting uh, against Zaboom. Oh my God. <laughs> Zaboom. Zaboom! We don't get this in the first episode, so it's it's hard to judge against this show. But when your main villain is named Zaboom, I loved it. I've I got issues. It. I've got issues. So good. Uh, let's let's score. What do you score the English version? I scored the English version of four. I gave it a zero. So now we're back oh, on track. Shit! It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. But I'll tell you this. So I did also listen to the Japanese one because I always like to go back and listen to the Japanese track. So for me. Okay. I wrote down, you know, it sounds like if David Bowie spoke Japanese and decided to write an anime theme while high as shit. That's exactly what it sounds like. And I was like, fuck yeah, I love that. Because he's just like, what's it? He says something like love supervisor or love super viper. It's the we I could I don't not, know what like, it I could, like the difference between love supervisor and love super viper was both. enough that I was just like, I really dig this. Like, yeah. I really dig this. Fine with it. Uh, I get, yeah. I get. Well, what are your thoughts on the Japanese one? Because it's the same visuals, and the visuals are decent. Yeah, I thought the visuals were decent in, in both. Um, I think just sort of the, the weirdness of the, the language, and like you said, David Bowie high yeah. singing it for the Jap. I thought it was, again, both versions of these, I was cracking up. I don't know why I found this so funny. I'm not under the influence of drugs 
at all in any way, shape, or form. It was just so goofy, silly for yeah. some reason. Because, and this is difficult because, like, as we get into it, the contrast, the, the scope and the scale of what's about to happen in Ninja Robots is so bananas crazy. Yeah. And it, it starts with almost like a laughable theme song. And you're just like, this seems like such a weird way to enter into this universe. But I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's a heck of a start. All right. So how did you score the Japanese one then? I gave it four as well. Okay. So it's an average of four for you. I gave it a three because it was pretty standard, also goofy, but David Bowie. So uh, this is going to average out to a two for me. <laughs> this is a two for a theme song. Not a great start for Ninja Robots. All right. We're going to move on to the plot now we're not going to go kind of beat for beat we're just going to say kind of what worked for us in the plot what we found interesting what were some of the standout moments that made it either a strong or a weak plot what we wanted to see but didn't actually get to see things like that so let's sure. let's head back to Gurren Logan and kind of give me your impressions uh what you kind of thought the story was about and what was interesting about that to you I really thought that the you know from the theme song we're introduced to under and side boobs quite a bit yep and I was sort of surprised to sort of then begin this show with the idea that it, this was really focusing on this small child named Simon right. who digs these holes. And, like, and, and you find out very quickly, he doesn't dig, he doesn't drill these holes um, just because it, it helps out the town. He's like not, He's doing that. Yeah, he's not Shia yeah, he's, LaBeouf from holes. He's, exactly. He's like drilling, <laughs> drilling these holes, yeah. Right. But he's, he's doing this for a bigger reason, which is he's looking for treasure. And yeah. to me, I was like, okay, that seems really fun. Cool. Yeah. And then you're introduced to the idea that this whole town, this entire world is all subterranean. Yeah. So it's, this is the village of Jiha, and it, yeah. it is all just underground. They're kind of capped. So nobody goes up to the surface. Some people like don't even believe giant, that there is a Like this giant geodesic dome yeah. that is over everything. And you're just like, okay, this seems like pretty, pretty badass. It's like, a neat setup. It's a neat <clears throat> setting because it's a different from what we're used to. Right. And so... You know, there are immediately a lot of questions that kind of come into play when you're dropped into a world like this, which is, you know, have people ever been to the surface? Um, how, do you, how do you stay healthy, like vitamin D wise? I don't know why that's my first response well, for all of these We'll talk things. about vitamins when it comes to ninja robots in a second. Sure, too. sure. <laughs> but, vitamins and know, minerals. And minerals. Um, there's just, there's so many things that are, are kind of crazy in this world and it seems very interesting and like I, I can't remember and I, I don't recall like another anime sort of having like this kind of a, a setup you know but it's nice because like the struggle seems pretty relatable like he finds Kamina pretty quickly and I liked the dynamic between the two of them yeah they're, they're cool know? kind of like uh, it's almost like Tetsuo and uh, Kaneda, Kaneda. Yeah, yeah exactly Kamina Kaneda Simon Tetsuo so it's kind of a it's a neat kind of like older brother relationship and Kamina even says to him like he's like we're soul brothers blood brothers whatever like that so um it was a neat relationship between the two of them but you could tell they were kind of like in this underground situation but you didn't really know what was going on it's revealed fairly soon that they're this group that's led by Kamina what's he called the Gurren team Team Gurren, does he call it that? Yeah, Team, Team Gurren. One of the two. Team Gurren. Because he, like, he, he gives, he gives yeah. Logan the name later. Later, He's like, I later. just thought of it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, all right, cool. So like Team Gurren, he leads these kind of like upstarts and stuff, and they want to break through to the surface, but most people, they're led by this guy named the Chief, who's kind of a slave driver, but he also doesn't seem completely terrible. Uh, he's like, there is no surface. You guys need to knock this off, and we have to dig these new tunnels so we can expand the village. Yeah. That was a big why for me. I was like, why yeah. are we just expanding the village? At some point, it, it seemed kind of... There were just a lot of really interesting questions which led me to feel like 
that this was a very interesting universe in place. And then once we get above to the actual surface area, right. just a million more questions. Yeah, which was great in the first episode because everything is quite literally contained in these underground tunnels uh, until real quick, we got to get to sort of like the inciting incidents here. So when Simon is, is drilling and he finds something, he finds this little kind of like drill bit that hangs from like a pendant. And very, very first thing in this episode, I think maybe even before the theme song, we flash to this, it's like a space battle. And there's a guy who seems like some sort of like swashbuckling captain of a, of a ship. And he says, you know, I will pilot this mech. Uh, and he activates it. And it's like, you get a brief glimpse of this sort of battleship sized mech that sort of transforms in space. But then that's it. And it flashes back to underground. And you're just they, like, they talk- I have no idea what that was. They talk about something about the great dimensional waterfall, and you're like, what? Okay, yeah. that seems really rad. He's like, all the lights in the universe are our enemies. I'm just like, I, okay, sure. <laughs> you're going to have a rough day, but uh, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> so that's that. That's happening up in space. And then when we get back down into the planet, uh, into, the, into the Jiha village, sorry, um, after Simon finds this thing and meets up with Kamina, you know, they kind of get back and forth. They get apprehended. Simon also finds something else. So he finds this, this mech underground at the same time as another thing from above crashes in on their village and sort of starts to cause chaos. And we're going to get to the designs of both of these things here in a second. But essentially, when that is introduced, that's when Yoko, a uh, bikini girl, comes in. Uh, guns yeah. blazing and a battle ensues. And we will talk about that in our battle section. But before we run out of time here, any, any last moments from the plot before we score it? No, I'm good. You're good there. So what do you score this one? I gave this a four for plot. I, I give it a four it as well, yeah. But it introduced a lot of really interesting things. It kind of left me wanting to watch more. Yeah, it's definitely interesting enough. You don't often start things in like a subterranean village uh, where there's like a class warfare going on and right. finding mechs buried under the earth. So yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. Uh, interesting enough to keep me uh, looking for more. Now, keep all those the- things in mind. <laughs> and let's jump to Ninja Robots. What 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 think, jumps out at you from this particular? I think that there episode. were a lot of so what jumped out at me yeah. as the biggest thing for me is that uh that they are on they're on Mars yeah you know they are Earthlings that have moved now to Mars right and uh, new groups of people come to Mars every six months yeah it's like a, almost um, like a penal colony right and so like if you you can go to Mars uh like you know if you've been like if there's some judgment in some way that has caused them to go to Mars and then they have two options, which is to like work in this sort of like, uh, in, in, I guess like like a factory or yeah. Yeah. You work like a factory construction job or you join the army out there. Like those are the only two options that you have. So first and foremost, I'm just like, well, that's interesting that they're sending people who would have been convicted, like convicted felons out to either join an army (laughs) or to like work construction in this thing, you know, handle heavy machinery. But and it, it, the biggest thing that was interesting for me was that they have no communication between Mars and Earth. And so when this yeah. new group of people arrive in this first episode, they're just like, tell me about the Statue of Liberty. I've heard so much about it. And the one guy's like, yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. It's, there was a battle. Gone. Somebody blew it up. And you're like, whoa, what? Like, again, it just there were so many questions that this show opened up with this world and i thought it was nice in both cases that they didn't answer everything they just gave you a lot of little morsels that you were just like "Mm, i'm gonna eat these later delicious 
But yeah. then that that all plays out. You've kind of got this again. It's another kind of like future set, otherworldly sort of mining or machining colony. You're introduced to the idea that um, you're either military or construction, and in order to get into the military, you actually have to pass a test. So it's not just a choice. You can't just choose to go one or the other. That's up to right. kind of like this uh, overlord by the name of Hazard uh, who gets to yeah. to decide these things, whether you pass or doctor doctor. I I can't. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I need to get to the <laughs> we'll character on that because that, that line of dialogue was just like, I can't even finish watching this show right now. But, but show like you were saying, me. like you were saying, uh, you know, it's subjective whether you get into this military organization right. or not. Um, but sort of some of the big inciting incidences are uh, there is a fight that breaks out in the bar sort of around the question that we mentioned about the Statue of Liberty exploding. Right. Um, Basically, this, like the new, new guys who arrive from Earth are telling these stories, the old guys either from Earth or who have been on Mars for a while are just like, I don't believe it, you're full of shit. This uh, is the inciting incident for our hero Joe and his brother Mike, right. uh, where Joe uh, punches and then kicks a guard. Um, they begin to run away, and as they are fleeing town, uh, like GTA style, with like a five, like five stars like on the top of the screen, and all these cops and everything are running after them, Suddenly, they run into this ship yeah, that so has just, it, like, crash-landed. So as we're watching this car chase, which was kind of a cool sequence, car chase, yeah. uh, because the mili- these are military police who are actually out for uh, Joe because he did not show up for his military versus construction test, and apparently you can be, like, apprehended for that, whatever. I, he was uh, out hunting I rabbits. Did, didn't realize it wasn't my birthday. I must have confused the dates. Oh, my, my birthday's tomorrow, and I have a gun because it's also not my, my birthday. My oh, and I'm, argue, I'm arguing you... Uh, I'm arguing with you in a bar, and I'm obviously underage. <laughs> in a Martian bar, in a Mars bar, but not the delicious kind. Oh. Ooh, puns. So that all is happening, but at the same time, we get this brief glimpse of like yet another spaceship that is kind of crashing out of hyperspeed or light speed or whatever they want to call it. They say they have an engine malfunction, we've lost light speed, and you're just like, okay, I don't, who, who are you? Where is this coming from? They literally crash land right in front of our hero, Joe. And that's kind of where things get interesting. Right. We, uh, from this point forward, then, we have the discovery of some of these, these crazy robots. We have a massive battle that ensues uh, that is pretty much all of the Martian, uh, er, like the Martian human yeah. uh, defenses going toe-to-toe against these, uh, these giant robots that have like sickles that are just like in, in really cool fashions, just ripping planes apart yeah. or like or spears, and they're just stabbing the shit out of these tanks and just flinging them in the air. Like that was a, these were all really cool things. Like you felt the scale of sort of what was happening yeah. because this battle was massive. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, we'll get to more specifically about these battles in a second. But what do you rank the plot? What do you score the plot of Ninja Robots? I gave this a four as well. You gave it a four. Now I gave it a three only because it wasn't quite as it didn't feel as fully developed to me like i didn't okay. understand why joe was just such like an anti-authority dick and then I think like he was just an asshole i mean and that's I think fine really but he... is that an arrestable offense like it just seemed <sighs> that there wasn't enough like being oppressed and and literally underground and wanting to break free to the surface that makes sense to me and that's a cool idea being on this colony and then just being like i'm a jerk teenager who's not really 16 yet and i'm just gonna go fight it just there wasn't enough there to kind of like give it that extra point for me so three for me I, I, might gonna love my, I might come back to that. You're going to love my YA novel that's coming out next month. It's called Jerk Teenager on Mars. It's going to be great. And it's just a teenager who makes jerk chicken. So oh, interesting. A little Not bit where I of thought a, you were going. It kind of throws people off on it. So 
It's the sequel That's to John I'm... Carter. <laughs> or the prequel to John Carter, I guess. Disney's going to make a movie out of it, and they're going to spend a $300 billion. Dollars. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of these uh, characters now. So we're going to jump back to Gurren Logan. And we've basically yeah. got three main characters, and we're going to talk about them now. So, I mean, start wherever you want. You can start with the little guy. Uh, you can go in introduction <laughs> order, or you can start with the boobs. Whatever you want, bud. Start, we can, I love the fact that you set this up of you've got little guy, cool bro, boobs. That's, that's pretty much it. Like, I hate to say it, it but my notes are not extensive here. It's like, that's it. And yeah. they all work great. They're fine. But. Um, I thought that these were pretty interesting character designs. Um, you know, again, kind of like very, as you had mentioned, like they were, they're very flashy. Um, they're very interesting. You know, we have uh, Kamina who has these kind of like shoulder and arm tattoos. Um, which are interesting, These, but uh, I, I want to say like everything kind of felt standard anime that I've seen in other places before. Right. Nothing felt like new or interesting or sort of out of place. And like you mentioned, uh, all of kind of like the stock background characters, like you could lump together and just say like, oh, you're A, B, and C. Got it. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, it was like the smocks. same. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of smocks. It's just, it's just a bunch of faces with just a smock on it and like slightly different hair. Uh, with the exception of maybe the chief, there are certain yeah. cutscenes where like you kind of see like the the battle that's ensuing, and you see like a handful of people over in the corner, and like they're very like very plainly or basically drawn with just like a circle for a head and like two dot like two dots for eyes and like a frown, like oh no, just, like, like there's a huge around. thing that's about to fight us. Yeah. It's just they were uh they were very basic, but I'd say for the three main characters, interesting stuff that we've all seen before. It's just maybe we haven't seen it in that combination. Yeah, it was very kind of typical anime style. So think like One Piece, how you have like a, an anime character, you have a character on that show that kind of jumps out and becomes known for one particular article of clothing or one particular style that they speak or talk or move or whatever. That's kind of what we've got here. So Simon is probably like the least descript of all of them, even though he's kind of the main hero here. He's like kind of small. He's got the goggles, but then he has that drill pendant that he has with him, which will come into play later. And that's pretty interesting. Kamina is probably the next most um, obvious as a standout because he walks around, doesn't have a shirt on, has like tribal tattoos, has crazy like uh, triangular sunglasses that he wears eventually once he discovers that there is actually a sun. Again, this brings up a lot of questions like subterranean fashion. Like why does nobody have a shirt on? Uh, if you're like a hot person, you don't wear Why a shirt. is everybody wearing smocks? Everybody else has smocks. So if you're hot, no clothes. If you're not hot, you're pretty average. You wear a smock. And sometimes you don't even get a full face drawn in. Uh, why do we need bikinis that are barely there underground? Not 100% sure. So subterranean fashion is an interesting, <laughs> is an interesting thing in this show. Um, I will say quickly, there are some other creatures that kind of uh, occupy this space too. So we've got kind of like giant moles, which our heroes try to ride out into the surface at one point. Those are kind of cool. There's also this little, this little thing. I don't know what that is, like a vole, like a little... Critter, yeah, it looked like it was a little vole. Which at one point Kamina tries to eat, and at another point buries itself in Yoko's cleavage. Yeah. Uh, that happens a lot. Numerous people bury themselves in her cleavage in this very first because, episode. Because didn't somebody make the comment then? They were like, uh, best meat in the breast meat? I think he actually said breast meat in breast meat because he was trying oh. to eat that thing. He was like, you need to glow, grow up plump and delicious <laughs> oh, earlier. And he was like, oh, it's breast meat and breast meat. I think the next minute and a half can be devoted to Kamina, or sorry, to Yoko. Yeah, and I think you actually brought up the sort of the One Piece parallel with this. Mm -hmm. Like, 
there are so she's basically uh nami yeah she looks almost identical to nami yeah except wearing uh, less her clothes, character believe it or not yeah except wearing less clothes which is amazing um like all of these characters i think you could have pulled them from one piece yeah i mean i i don't know if this started as a, a manga or not but um easily could have been inspired by that she makes a cool introduction i'll give her that i mean boob stuff aside like she kind of busts in once this this giant monster thing falls in on the village, and she kind of comes in blasting with this massive sniper rifle, and she kind of meets these guys on the run, and she's got a cool style to her, but then the sexual stuff is a little cringeworthy. Uh, it's funny, I guess, but it's also like, I've seen this before, it's always a little uncomfortable, and I guess here we are. No, it's difficult. I mean, look, we're in our mid-30s, and to talk about fan service at this point yeah. sort of seems like it's... I mean, let's... Let's not bullshit. It's great to look at, sure. you know? And, like, some of the times, like, it's kind of funny and it can be humorous. But it's also, like, when they overuse it, like, it felt like they were really trying to push that angle yeah. very hard. They were trying to push a lot of angles uh, yeah, sometimes very they hard. Really did. Yeah. Yeah. In this, in this first episode. And it felt like it was for that idea of, like, let's show you fan service. And like, let's show you boobs. That's basically what it was. And it's fine. I mean, whatever. They, they did it a lot in the first episode. Maybe it'll just get people hooked and have them come back the next time. But it's fine. For me, the only reason I knocked it a point is because it doesn't serve the story at that point. When something like in, um, oh, what's the one where the, where the girl, Outlaw Star, right? When he yeah. opens up that package and it's like the girl's naked, but she's integral to the story it makes sense right that makes sense plot wise to me and character wise yeah uh what did you so that nudity felt justified i gave this a three i gave this a three a three same here yeah so we're both on board there cool all right let's jump on back down to ninja robots talk about the non-mech characters here now remember this does take place in the 80s i don't know if you could tell that or not i actually loved that okay i love i love that design i love that uh mid like early to mid 80s uh, style. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I worked at a blockbuster video in the late 90s, and my introduction to a lot of anime that they had on VHS, yeah, that's right, yeah. VHS, uh, back in the time was Bubblegum Crisis, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 80 Police Files, Heroic Legends of Arislan. Um, and so, uh, you know, and, and plus the original, just like straight Dragon Ball. No Z, yeah. no Z, no GT, no nothing else. It was just straight up Dragon Ball. Right. And like, this reminded me, these character designs reminded me so much of that style, that art, the, the kind of like the, the same color that Bulma has for her hair, yeah. that kind of like turquoise, kind of like blue. Like, I really loved it. And it seemed like, and I will say this, which I think was a huge positive on this, there was a huge variety of characters. They were not at a shortage. Even the background characters, right. even the guys that came in from Earth that were new to Mars yep. at the bar. One of them looked like, weirdly enough, like either like a young Richard Branson or like a young Robert Redford. Sure, sure. Um, and so there were just, there was so, there was so much variety and they were so interesting. One guy kind of looked like a weird Steve Buscemi. You know, there was just, it was all over the place in terms of what was there. And nothing, nothing felt boring. Everybody kind of felt like, regardless if they were being an asshole yeah. um, or if they were like in love with Jenny uh, or if they were just not willing to admit that they were in love with Jenny yet. But they still wanted to start a tussle. Oh, that's not uh, where I thought you were going. Oh no, no, it's like <laughs> um, it felt like there was a, it felt like there was enough of variety for this to keep me interesting, yeah. and I felt like these characters had, as a result, because of the multiple character designs, I felt like they had personalities. 
See, now to me, I like that they did have that variety of characters, but the, the individual like personalities, they came through, but they weren't, they weren't established well enough to really make me like anybody here. Like, there was nobody here that I was like, who should I be rooting for? Like, there's the a-hole who just like shirks authority, wants nothing to do with Jenny, or at least says he doesn't. There's the other a-hole who just literally just gropes her. She's 16, by the way. We should make sure that everybody knows they're like teenagers. Yeah. There's the other guy who only stands up for Jenny like when she gets groped and then just like gets in a fight. And then there's the, there's the weird dad who's like probably an alcoholic <laughs> and is probably going to kill himself once his son goes off to fight in space battles. Oh my God. He was super depressed and he made me really uncomfortable. Um, I don't but know. I mean, there, you wasn't, had to, you, there wasn't anybody actually, I wanted to root for. There wasn't anybody I, I cared about. I thought that that was actually well done because I have to imagine that the isolation of these people yeah. on, on Mars, like we said, they only get news and information from Earth every six months when they have new like penal colony members right. that are joining their, their terrible ranks of depression. And so, you know, I, I just, I kind of like that. Like everything felt, uh, everything felt very severe, like severe. It felt depressing. Like this did not feel like a good situation that we walked into. And like you said, I, I, I feel like maybe later on uh, we're going to find somebody to root for. Um, but right now, you're right. I don't think that there was anybody that stood out as somebody of just like, hey, I want that person to be successful. Oh, because you, you mean everybody uh, was shitty. You mean uh, everybody dog tack wasn't a, a big a big plus for you? No, I mean, I've been I've been fighting for for Hazard or <sighs> Dr. Doctor. Um, so, so here's the thing. So here's the thing with Dr. Doctor, right? So Hazard walks in with this group of, um, <laughs> of people who just arrived from Earth. And he's like, my name's Hazard. This is, this is Doc Doc. And the guy comes up and he's like, uh, my name's Doc Tack. And you're like, what the hell was that? Like, you guys don't know each other? Did you not rehearse this? It was, it was the crazy the part is his, his name is Dog Tack. Shut up. Yeah, it's none of the two things that they said on the actual show. His name is Dog Tack. It's terrible. Speaking of terrible things, here's why I really want to knock it because the voice dubbing in English is god awful. It makes it really difficult to watch this cartoon. And there are terrible lines like, rabbits are full of necessary vitamins and minerals. I, I there's, a lot of, there's a lot of weird 80s cartoon misogyny that I yeah. wish didn't exist in this. When Jenny brings over a roast at some point and uh, she's bringing it in and, the, and, and our, our main hero... Uh, Joe, cool is, Joe. Uh, his his dad is just like, oh, thank you for bringing that, and she's like, oh, doesn't it doesn't it look so so delicious? And 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 our hero is just like, you know, when are you gonna learn to cook? Yeah, like, oh, your mom make you know, that. When are you gonna learn to cook? Yeah, because if you don't make that, it's gonna be real hard yeah. for you to get a husband later on. And you're just like, okay, it's like, I'm all right, Joe, done. you didn't even shoot it to begin with, and then she cooked it up for your ass. Just be grateful, you dick. There's nobody on this show that I'm like rooting for at this point so no. that's one thing i'm the hoping that everybody okay. through the course of this show i'm hoping that everybody in this series dies yeah and we just get new better heroes right and but Garen but Logan. i hope that i hope that in whatever their sacrifice is we're just like oh you know what i can kind of appreciate that yeah, person sure i don't want to 100 percent appreciate them just kind of and speaking of 100 percent, what do you score this uh the characters and character design for this one I gave this a four. I thought four. that there was a good. I thought there was a good variety, and there was an interesting mix. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I I liked it. I liked it. Fair enough. I liked I, that old anime style. Yeah, I gave it a three only because I was like, look, this is like the old anime style, but it looks too much kind of like Voltron Force. Everybody kind of looks like Keith or you know the Voltron Force guys. Uh, yeah. I was like, all right. And then I didn't really like any of the characters, so I'm not going to give them that extra point. So uh, a three for me. 
All right, cool. Now we're getting to the thing, what we actually decided to do this March Madness for, right? The actual mechs. So now we're going to talk about the mechs for a few minutes. So good God, Gurren Logan, let's talk about these things because I still don't even 100% know what's happening. I don't. So what's up with uh, this, this, this thing, this main thing that we're fighting in this episode? Yeah. Looks like the top of the head of uh, what was it, like Cubone or Marowak, like whatever the Pokemon is. Yeah, it's a skull. It's like a dragon it's like a giant headed skull, skull with like super sharp teeth. It kind of looks part bullish, maybe dragon, but it's mostly just that. Like it has arms yeah. and legs, but they're so tiny, small that it's mostly like its body is essentially just its head, and its arms yeah. and legs kind of junk out from that. I don't know if you can use junk as a verb that way, but I use it anyway. I liked it. It's so weird to look at. It looks like. I don't know, it looks kind of like Modok, right? So if you know the X-Men character, yeah, Modok, tiny exactly. little arms and legs and a massive head. But that's what all these things look like, at least in this first episode. And, and, and unlike Modok, these things are massive in scale. They are enormous. And they are like, and I'm not saying that Modok's not powerful. I'm just saying that right, these, right, things are physic- these things are physically aggressive and moving very quickly. Yeah. You know, you, you think that like the size and the scale and sort of the majesty of these things would come with sort of a like a slower response um, Some or, sort of or like decreased involved. speed. Yeah. Uh, no, these things are moving fast AF and they are just destroying everything. And like this, this head thing, we don't really even have a name for it. I think she I don't calls think it's them, ever given one. I think she calls them gunmen at one gunmen. point. Gunmen. Because yeah, it's like a I, knock on Gundam, I guess, or maybe it means something <laughs> else. I don't know, but it sounds like gunmen. But like you never really understand whether no. gunmen is like a type of thing this that's one. in it or that one guy. Right. And so, uh, I mean, it was interesting. I've never seen, I love the fact that at some point they get stuck on the top of this gunman's head yeah. and he's, he's kind of swatting with his arm and he cannot reach. Yeah, because his arm's too tiny. Like, he's a little tiny little T-Rex arm. What's interesting though is the size of this thing, you'd think, okay, well, Simon found the other thing, which uh, Kamina eventually names his Gurren Logan. So he names it right. Logan. And he finds this thing and you're like, okay, cool. They're going to be like squared up, right? They're going to be matched up. No, this is not what you're expecting. When he climbs into this thing, it's just like, you just see its face. And you're like, cool. There's going to be so much more to it underneath all this rubble. No, no, you're disappointed. It. It's just a face. It was MODOK. It was definitely it like, it was like, yeah. Which like if you, instead of, if MODOK didn't have a brain, if you just sat in his brain pan, that's essentially what Garen Logan is. I was so disappointed when I saw this. Look, listeners out there who are freaking out, I know there's more to the series. I would like to watch more personally. I know eventually we get up to like an actual like giant robot fighting thing. But for this first episode, it's just a face with a skull <laughs> kind of concaved out. It's a face with arms and legs and, and a drill nose. And he's got and, spring uh, legs. And his spring legs, and he's got a super, super strong cranium. I, I did like, and we'll talk about that in the battles, I did like his design because I didn't, okay, let me preface that. I hated his design, but I liked the little things that they added to it. I hated that he was just a face that they were jumping around in, but I love that they added little flourishes here or there. But that to me is like, it's just so weird, you guys. It's cool that it can take a beating. It's cool that he's got some weapons and you can like super power him up with that drill key. It's not enough for me. You're just flying Aww. around in a giant face. What about I you? I thought that was actually really weird. Like I, and when I say weird, I, I mean like I really enjoyed yeah. what was actually happening because you know you have these heroes who are kind of given this thing for a first time. Like you have no idea what these gunmen yeah. or, or these other monsters are, you know. And it, it was sort of like a very David and Goliath type battle. Yeah. Um, and and you obviously 
you knew in this, which is very different from Ninja Robots, like you knew who you were rooting for oh, yeah, in this, this cartoon. Like you wanted them to be successful. And sort of at that moment where they, they're able to power up uh, that little Modoc mm-hmm. head guy uh, with the final turn of the key that like kind of it increases all of his power sure. and like allows him to, to drill up to the surface. I thought that was super fun, you know? And, and like watching that, I was like, I, like you said, I want to watch more of this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm interested and I'm intrigued to see where this series goes. Look, it looks, it looks interesting in the fact that it's something that seems like this particular mech can actually evolve. Whereas normally when we see a mech, that's it. Like you usually don't get crazy versions of it. Yes, I know Gundam goes insane and you've got like Gundam Wing, Gundam Wing Zero, Gundam Wing Wah, blah, 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 blah. But this seems interesting if in fact like you start with that and then you can maybe add on or like upgrade to it. I don't know how it works, but right now it's just a head and I don't want to see somebody flying around in a face, but that's just me. How did you, how did you score the design of this mech here in Logan? I- I give this a five. What the fuck? I give, it a <laughs> I give this a five. I give this a five because I don't think, and I don't feel like I've ever seen anything that's like this before. That's true. Um, There's a reason. And I and I I was super I was super interested. And like we said, you know what? We might hate this design, but like as a result of the design and everything that was put into it, we are we both agree that we want to watch more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think look what they're doing with if it's basically like a nod to Gundam and saying like, uh, this isn't Gundam but we're going to pretend like it's Gundam and then we're going to flip it on you. I like it. I just don't like the mech design. Go ahead. Okay. I also, I loved the, the final closing moments of this episode where they, they make some comment about like out of the fire into the frying, like, you know, out of the firing pan and into the fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are these two monsters that are outside that are kind of waiting for them now that they're on the surface and the negative space that they used yeah, yeah. to be able to show them was fucking amazing. Cool like it looks, it looks so cool. Like that enough guys, I mean, the boobs are helping me want to watch another episode, but just that, like that type of artistry hooked me back in to watch more. That was interesting for me. Cool. All right, let's jump on over to Ninja Robots and talk about these mechs. It's interesting that the first one we are introduced to is not even a mech at all, but I was confused because I had no clue. The first thing (laughs) when we're watching this like military training thing, there's like this kangaroo robot that's kind of hopping through the desert. Yeah. That's not, that's not the mechs we're here for. So it had nothing to do with anything. These don't show oh. up until later or uh, during commercial like interstitials. So when we go to commercial, they show, which is crazy to me, that you would reveal <laughs> the mech that you're waiting to reveal within the plot of the actual show, that you would show it as you're going to commercial. It's kind of anticlimactic, but I was just like, well, okay, that's what the thing will look like when I see it later in the episode. Um, it was weird. Right. It looked like a, from Half-Life 2, one of the, if you ever play Half-Life 2, yeah. they had those giant like striders. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looked like one of the the large striders, like very very small, tiny body, just, en- just all like legs. massively enormous, like running legs. Yeah, or like um, even like an ATST or something. It's similar to that. Yeah, but that wasn't even but a mech. Mu- that was just like a military yeah. tank bot thing. Because the mech show up later uh, in a hilarious reveal where they're like, "Oh my god, it's robots in human form and they're aliens!" Like, okay, <laughs> god damn it. But at least we're getting to the mechs at this point. So. Long story short, all this army of like flying samurai robot ninja mechs come flying in and they just, we'll talk about it in the battle, but they, like Sean was saying earlier, they decimate uh, the military. Oh, but you mean the Ronin Warriors showed up? Yeah, Ronin Warrior uh, villains essentially showed up. Now, they were cool though, right? Because they had, they had ninja weapons, they had like uh, staves, a staff, they had spears, yeah. they had commas, those kind of like hooked knives. Uh, they had some cool shit. It wasn't just like laser blasts or like generic 
Gundam villains or things like that. They had some personality to them. I thought they were pretty cool. What do you think about the of, villains? I thought that they had a lot of really interesting melee weapons yeah. that you're you're mentioning, but I thought that the design of them was really like I've seen it. I've seen it a hundred times. Right. Um, it wasn't anything new or, or special. It was something where I was like, oh. I'm expecting that these are going to be throwaway robots that can, these are their putties. Yeah, And we're just, we're blowing through them, you know, at a, at a rapid pace. I like that they weren't and cookie it, cutter though. They at least, some of them had some individual, either The only thing that was different though or, was really just the weapons. Yeah, which was enough for me to be like, okay, that, that's, it's not great, but I mean, it's fine. I know we're not going to get, you're not going to spend all that time and money developing like individual independent villains yet. We'll get to them eventually. But they were okay sure. to start. You, you focus on like that for they the heroes. Do. Sure. I feel like that's what they did for all the characters, for all the human characters, sure. non-mecha stuff, was they gave you a variety of characters. And then when they gave you the actual mechs, they were just like, these are going to be as bland as possible. Yeah, and you're just like, all, up. all right, cool. So, you know, the only, thing that, yeah. the only thing that actually had a different kind of, uh, in terms of the color palette, uh, the, the capabilities and what it was able to do was certainly when we have Joe stumbles into this alien ship yeah. and he, he sees... Uh, like in his peripheral, he thinks it's a pile of junk yeah. that he hides in. You often hide it, in glowing piles of metal junk. Yeah, that's what guys, I do. Who does it? Yeah, who does it? Uh, so he runs into this thing. It turns out it's like the like the the head, like the brain case of of this robot. He jumped into the it closes pilot seat. in. Yeah, yeah. This this thing closes. You know, he it's revealed as the pilot seat. He's just like, oh my god, this thing does what I needed to do when I needed to he do instantly it. Instantly became like, a pilot. Instantly became oh, a mech pilot. Christ. Son of a bitch. I will say my like the weirdest thing is is that at some point it felt like uh, something jumped into the center of him. We'll, we'll talk about that because I had to look that and up. And I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah, you were not and supposed then, to. And, <laughs> and then he went all Liger Zero on us from Zoids for a couple seconds. Let's talk, okay, so real quick, the design of the human form of what's called Black Lion. This is the Black Lion mech. Okay. What, what do you think right. of the human form? Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought, again, it was like pretty standard. Like It was okay. Yeah, a little clunky. I think it looked a little yeah. clunky. It was a little kind of like uh, boxy. Did, yeah, it did not move in the way that all of these other like no. samurai ninja robots are working. Uh, so okay, so what happens real quick? There's something called Cybertron. Yes, you may recognize that word, Shut Cybertron, the fuck which up. is a smaller ninja robot that will nope. sometimes mysteriously arrive and just like fuse or help the other um, ninja robots, and it actually transforms them. So he showed up out of fucking nowhere transform this thing into what looks like a gold triceratops i'm sorry but it doesn't look like a black lion to me it doesn't I, I thought the same exact thing i wrote is this a triceratops <laughs> or is, but then two seconds later joe's brother mikey's just like they're like all his friends are like what happened he's like oh he's in this lion robot and i was like that's some bullshit Mike, you gotta get he your has, eyes checked bro you got the martian guys, sickness guys where we think like a triceratops has the horns that's on like it's it's crest yeah. on its like head head headdress yeah. um this stupid lion thing has two guns that are coming out of that that are just shooting lasers no and just eviscerating fucking everything that's in its path. <laughs> You're just, it's not even a challenge. Makes no sense. But uh, even though it makes no sense, what did you score this here? I actually scored this a little, a little higher than maybe I had intended. I actually gave it a three out of five. I gave it a three out of you five. You gave it a three, well. okay. Then I feel yeah. better. Because I actually liked the villainous, actual ninja looking robots. Better than this stupid-ass gold triceratops that he got into. But I like the fact that, like, there's this weird extra thing that, like, helps them transform. It's stupid as hell, but I like the fact that it was, like, a thing that happened. I don't know. This deus ex machina robot that yeah, just jumps like that into his might chest. might as well have been his name, because that's essentially yeah. what he did. All right, now let's get I to the actual... The cartoon. Let's get to the battles now, right? So we're, we're going to talk yeah. all the action sequences from Gurren Logan. So let's get into that. There, there were a couple. 
they started smaller. I mean, the first one was yeah. huge, right? It was that epic like battle in space, but we didn't quite see as sure. much of what was going on. There was really, we didn't really witness that battle. No. We just sort of saw everything leading up to them loading this massive cannon and, and shooting at the, the great dimensional waterfall sure. uh, or blowing up all the planets. I don't know. I mean, you know, they're out to get you. So I don't know if it's like a Kill Star Wars em. reference or what that was supposed to be, but I have no clue what's going uh, on there. I was, I was uncertain as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, interesting. All right. Um, so so talk, let's talk about the subterranean stuff because there's definitely, we get straight into some action with Kamina kind of leading this rush for the surface, riding on this pack of like moles and voles. That's something they, you don't they call them day. like they call them like mole. Uh, they, the mole steak is the thing that they eat. Okay, right? so it must just be giant moles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just giant, enormous moles that they've raised underground. Um, yeah, we get a couple. We get a couple of very like classic anime things where yeah. you know we have this charge of the moles that are coming up towards this dome that we've mentioned to break free right. uh, using Simon uh, and his drill, uh, and then he, the chief, kind of like comically pulls out the sword. And then just sort of like strikes uh, Kamina like right in the face and it just topples this tower. Like it looks like from the scale of it, it looks like they have like 50 feet in the air. Yeah. They have stacked all these all moles. The moles. Um, so it's comical. Like it's a, it's a very like yeah. it's a common thing that we've all seen in anime and it was enjoyable. But, you know, I, it was kind of a been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the only other because thing- what because what I thought was interesting then was when the dome actually falls. Yeah, it's from and, like, an exterior that force. battle. And it's exactly. Right. And it has nothing to do with what the guys do inside. The only other kind of funny thing inside was when uh, Kamina and the chief kind of square off a little bit. You get a glimpse of Kamina's abilities uh, and his strength. Because the chief is like whacking him straight up with his like wooden sword. And Kamina's not moving. He's not flinching. Budging. He's not doing nothing. Yeah. So it's kind of like that cool like show of strength to show that this guy is like a lot tougher than you think he is. But then, yeah, when the gunman, whatever, skull monster crashes through the roof of the village, that's when the real fight kind of starts. And that's, that's when we get uh, introduced to Yoko, which was pretty cool when she shows up. The three of them kind of find ways to fight together that, because they literally just met, like, don't really work very much. It's all up to Simon. And Simon gets to use his drill key to fire up face robot and uh and kind of save the day <laughs> and he does it in a cool way so what was your what was your take on that final fight with simon uh and gurren yeah kind of as i mentioned like i like i know that you said that you were not a fan of just sort of the 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 mech design itself but like i mentioned that final like twisting of the key yeah. and having him kind of power up and 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 bust through this gunman and which kind of like propelled and sent them up out of the actual like subterranean yep. village and into the stratosphere, you know, where suddenly they have that moment and then they drop. Like it was very fun, you know. I, it was I, I enjoyed the battle. Uh, it was very quick. We did take a very long time to get to this battle. It was very close to the the end of this first episode, you know, to kind of have that propelling moment that sort of allows them to to introduce all of the things that are going to make this, this anime very interesting to watch. I think for me, it was just, it was very silly. It was quick and it was very silly. So when they, first of all, he's riding around in like a face, which is weird. And then he finds that, you know, Kamina and uh, Yoko were kind of like trying to distract this thing. Simon's riding around in this thing and he finds that its feet have like these spring coils that can cause him to jump super high. It's just kind of silly looking. It's like watching, um, 
the Invincibles and Coil Man or watching like Plastic Man or something. <laughs> it's very much like that cartoonish kind of thing. It's fine. Or like or like that jackass that you know in the 80s who put like the springs on his shoes and yeah. you're just like, no, no please don't do that. Stop. Don't you're do that. Don't do that. Anybody. Or then he does another cool thing where they all have to cram in a cockpit together and they're about to get smashed by the other monster. But they all cram into the cockpit together and then through either Simon's design or the mech protecting itself, it kind of has this like dome that goes up over its head and just looks like a ball. Like Mojo head. Jojo's hat. Mojo Jojo's hat. That just yeah. forms over the top of them. Yeah, which is cool because it like it actually smashes like the other monster. It's so strong that it smashes right through the other monster. That was right. cool. And then when they finally do power up, he's got like a drill head and he's got like two drill arms. So I think the name of this episode was something crazy like bust through the heavens with your drill. And that's literally yeah. what he does. So that's actually what Ka- uh, Kamina says that yes. to him. Yeah, he says the at title one point when the... they're trying to break yeah, out. Yeah. 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 So was, I mean, it was cute. It was fun. It was silly. Um, but like you said, it was kind of like a little, not quite enough of a of a decent battle at the end. But a good introduction to what this little mech can do. Sure. Uh, what did you score this battle? Gave this a three. I gave it a three as well. So we're we're good. We're on the same page for that at least (laughs) we've got some wildly (laughs) okay let's get into the battles for um ninja robots to close this out and then we'll tally them all up this battle took all of the martian forces all of these earthling on mars forces uh tanks planes um everything against these uh these ninja these ninja robots um you know we have black lion that shows up we have uh, a, a spaceship with a mysterious space princess that has, yeah, that has like has fallen into the middle of this, which is sort of the you know the, the initiating reason for all of the fighting in this battle right. to happen. We have what seems like an ominous ship that's in the sky uh, that has sort of these villains that are are going to attack that are up there. Um, this it felt like this whole battle took place over the entire planet. Or at least like a sizable like outcrop that was like immediately outside of this city. Like yeah, this battle felt great. massive in scale. Yeah, yeah the uh, scale was really and, good. And the fact that like Hazard had to be like alert all the bases and mobilize all our forces, and then he got in the thick of it too, which was surprising. Right. And this battle took up half of the episode. Yeah. Half of this first episode was this crazy ass battle on the surface of Mars. Yeah, which to um, me it was that was pretty cool because that was like the moment where I was just like, oh. This is interesting. This is worth paying attention to. And nobody's talking, so it's actually enjoyable. Um, right. The cool, God, yeah, the cool thing God. was like that scale. It wasn't, the scale of it was big. And then the showing of the abilities of the ninja robots and the sort of their superiority to the, the Earth slash Martian forces was really, really well done, which made it, made it more interesting and more impactful when Joe does stumble into this pile of glowing metal that turns into uh, the Black Lion. It made that more interesting. However, my problem is I loved the space battle with all that stuff. The other battle with the black lion was kind of lame. Like he just kind of like clunked along and he just like picked up one robot and kind of put him to the side and like put him in a timeout. And then when he changed into the golden <laughs> triceratops, like you said, he just laid waste to everything. So that kind of fell flat to me. It should have been, it should have been above a cut above that other battle. Uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe for the fact that he sort of really, like he was kind of controlling, but then when Cybertron ugh, I know. like entered into his chest, like I don't know how much at that point like he understood or what he was controlling. Because my favorite part of this whole episode is that at the very end when he when Joey is getting ready to exit Black Lion, this thing like throws him up out of its chest. Yeah. <laughs> it just, he just it pukes stumbles this out. kid out. And they're just like, What happened? He's just like, oh. it, it 
he gets that like really unbelievably dumbfounded moment um, that can only come in bad dubbing. Yes. In in that way, and I was I was la- I was laughing so hard at just how ridiculous it was. It was so it was so goofy, but like the battle that came before that in scale and like in everything that was happening, as you mentioned, they do such a great job of showing how well these extraterrestrial space robots are outmatching yep. the the Earth Martian Air Force, and to the point where like. You see these robots, and they're cutting off the wings of planes as they're flying <laughs> yeah. at them. And then you're just like, "Oh, okay. Well, like he could still pull the eject button." And then the whole plane explodes. Yeah, there's one moment. There's one moment where one of them spears a tank, yep. and you see inside the tank the two drivers. They quickly move to the side, you know. And you're just like, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe not. They're gonna. Oh no, he just picked up the tank and threw it into another tank. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh no, everybody's like, dead. Oh, Every." It, everybody, everybody in this so far is very dead. See, but that's the like, thing. It's like that kind of scale and threat was like great. But then to show the heroic moment, they're like this clunky robot walking around. He picks up one ninja robot and throws it. Picks up another one and like, throws sque- it. He squeezes it. He did, he did. That bear was hug fucking. Him. He did. Bear that was hug fucking him. crazy. Yeah. He he like because you you realize and I guess maybe this is this is something that we've talked about in uh, Gern Logan mm-hmm. uh, that was not a physical factor was given the fact that like how big these things were right. there was no uh there was no implication that it had any effect in terms of their speed in this case this black lion was bigger than all these other robots and was just very slow very methodical he's the jason of these robots yeah. like if i'm gonna find you hero. i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you and i'm just gonna squeeze you and you just so see like tight. all the fluid yeah. pour out of that mat i was like okay that's a pretty badass moment there when he just like single-handedly just goes like he's crunching a coke can in his hand and it's just exploding i was like that's pretty fucking it was cool. cool but to me it was like look you crush that one guy in a cool way there are thousands of other guys out there decimating your forces like i, I go to something like gundam where like if that's happening in space and then you see a gundam show up like gundams are like holy shit the gundams are here like they will take yeah. like one like beam cannon and just just like lay waste to a whole squadron of bad guys and they'll just light up like, I wanted something on, like, that level. Not just, like, go give this one guy a hug and then get spat out of the lion, out of the golden triceratops. In the golden triceratops. Yeah. So, I don't know. For okay. me, that kind of fell flat. It, it was great, but all my points pretty much come to the, from the space battle. So, what do you rank the battle? Hmm. I gave this battle uh, a four. I gave it a three. And okay. I, I'm thinking maybe I give it a four, but I really don't want to give Ninja Robots any more points. Because it was really tough to watch, man. <laughs> it was difficult. I, I really, I, I guess it's maybe because I love that style of anime, that, that 80s style. Look, I would have too, um, but the dubbing just killed but, it. I mean, me. I, but, but you're right. The dubbing that was on this was god-awful. Just, and it made it terrible. But for me, like the second I recognized, even from the theme yeah. song, from the American dub theme song of just how fucking crazy this yeah. was, I, I was laughing so hard, and that, that giggling just kind of cascaded into the episode itself. You ha- I like that your giggles increased and my fury increased as I, I stopped this <laughs> show multiple times. Look, listeners out there, check out Garen Logan. If you really want to punish yourselves, look for the English dub of Ninja Robots. But I stopped it three times just to be like, there has to be one more video out there somewhere. And they were all the same, all the same dubbing. I thought maybe it was like a fan dub or something that I stumbled on. Nope, it's just, no, man. just garbage. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's tally them up. So what do you have for Gurren Logan? Uh, I can tell you real quick. I've got 15 out of a possible 25. So it's like a 60, which is not great. But for the first episode of a show, uh, 
for me, the mech side of things is actually the more important thing. And just the right. mech designs really kind of let me down. And then like the kind of hypersexualized factor took a little bit out of it. And I was just like, all right. But I think 15 out of 25 is pretty fair. Uh, all right. The, we have to call out then the fact that these shows are both instigated like by a guy being like, I want to I want to get a woman. Pretty much. Like Gear Logan was smash, just like, so... I'm going to try to I just, I'm looking to smash. Yeah. And even like even in Ninja Robots, this guy was just like, I'm trying to space smash. Yeah. Like he's looking for it. I mean, he's going after he's going it. After Go it. get the it. The only way to get it is to jump into the chest of a giant mech. Get it, 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 get it. Oh man, what you got tallied up? I had I had an 18 for Gurren. That's Lager. not bad. That's not bad. It's better than when I have like three somehow, and you have like a 28 somehow. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. Uh, let's talk Ninja Robots though, because I had a 14 for that, which is pretty similar <laughs> okay. actually. Okay. What do you got? I'm 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 concerned. At a 19. Okay, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. It's not bad. I mean, I, I gave. I mean, you know, we knew that these were both going to be in the middle of the pack. I mean, the numbers are pretty close. Yeah, they're pretty close. You know. So that's why. What do we got there? 20, 33. So like a 16 and a half for uh, Ninja Robots, and we've got uh, what? A 33. So it's actually they're scored pretty much the same. Now that makes sense, and it's also sad because it means that the first episode of Mecha March Madness ends in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we might have to have a tiebreaker somewhere. Else. I almost changed a couple of points. I almost changed a couple of points, but I'm not. If it gonna. if it if it would make you feel better, I think Gear and Logan is the better show. Uh, I just think that like in terms of the and this is hard in it terms is. of the scale in terms of the scale of the battle. I think we got a better showing from Ninja Robots. Uh, but I think that we had, but I think that the mechs that were in that were very middle of the road, very bland, very boring. I know that you kind of disagree with me I like on that. them just because, I don't know, I'll preface, well, I can't preface at the end of a show, but I should probably say that when I was uh, in high school, I was part of a, like a long running fan run Gundam RPG. Super nerdy, played it online, played it with friends. Uh, so I was like super into the tech and the blueprints and the actual like making and designing of your own stuff. So. I kind of like that more okay. than like the silly side taking shots at Gundam kind of thing, but gotcha yeah, to each their own. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I just thought that the, I, I thought that the battle was weaker yeah. in Gear and Logan, yeah. and, but I thought that the, the mechs were more interesting because sure. it, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah. I want to know why those are things like yeah. who built, who built giant heads with little like T-Rex arms yeah. and thought that that was a good idea as like a battle like a like a battle match. Look, if it, so, if it plays out in the episode or in the series, and not just like as a shot at Gundam, like that'll be great. Hmm. So if I change if I change my my point for Ninja Robot from the battles, and I do it as a three, then we get a clear winner, eking out by one point, right? You're gonna change it from a four to a three. Yeah, you give I'm it gonna to do Garen that. Logan? Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna give it to Garen Logan. Right, cool. I think that's it. I think my math worked out correctly. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. But, uh, okay, cool. So Gurren Logan wins this round. Congratulations, Gurren Logan, and all your fans out there. Sorry, Ninja Robots. Better luck next time. But we still have three more weeks of this, so we're going to find out who is actually at the bottom of the pack of the top of the Mecha Anime series. But in the meantime, do you recommend both of these shows for people, or do they happen to get the dip by any chance? I actually, I actually would recommend both cool. of these. I found them both interesting, with the obvious exception that we have said that Ninja Robot has terrible dubbing for this, which, if you're like me, it's comically <laughs> bad, so it's worth checking it out just to watch how terrible this is. As we mentioned with the dog tax, with the doc doc, um, this is doc doc. Like these things are, these things are just 
fucking insanely silly. And it, it just, regardless of what the show is from this point forward, I'm always going to think about how I was introduced to the show and just laugh my ass through the first fucking pilot. Look, I'll tell you what, if enough of you guys uh, subscribe to our Patreon campaign, we will buy the rights to Ninja Robots and we will, I'll re-dub we this will shit. redub it with a much better English dub. Uh, I'll recommend both, actually, just because I love Mecha. It's super cool to see ones that aren't like your typical Gundams or your typical um, things like that. So it's it's interesting to check these out. I I would say try to find the Japanese original for Ninja Robots and do yourself a favor. Um, but yeah, check them both out. And we've got our winner for the week. Congratulations, Gurren Logan. Sean, buddy, what do you have coming up in the next couple of weeks for our listeners out there? Uh, guys, as always, I perform live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group called Knox. That's N-O-X. Uh, you can find us. We are going to be performing all throughout March with dc.org for tickets. And as always, I'm on the Instas and the Twits at Sean Paul Ellis. Terrible. Dave, what do you have? I know. Uh, you can still find me at Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. You can also find me on Twitter, or the Twits, I guess, at DrClawMD. <laughs> if you're interested in finding out more about this show, you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us at uh, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. And listen along each and every week to free audio podcasts through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else you find podcasts. If you want to drop us a line, let us know what we got wrong about all this mecha anime stuff or suggest another one for the future. Or if you want to get a real good head start on 2018's Brony March Madness Month, send us an email. SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. I think son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to be back next week with more Mecha March Madness. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. (laughs) See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.